Hello, and welcome to the Get Transformed podcast of Transformation Christian Fellowship. We are so excited that you're tuning in, and we hope that you will be empowered and transformed by the Word of God. All right, and so we're in this series, week two, and the premise of this series is to address the different issues that happen in our families in order to see healing within our families and strengthen our structure, the structure of our family. Also, we will address in this series the importance of community and having a church family. Say that's important. That's important to our spiritual growth. Now, the goal at the end of this series, ladies and gentlemen, is that we will find true healing and forgiveness. And also another thing that despite what household that you were raised in or what cards you were dwelt in life, ladies and gentlemen, the truth of the matter is that God can still use you in the purpose of your family. That God can still use you to serve the purpose of your family in the earth round in the event that they begin to drop the baton. All right. So last week we talked about family matters to God and we talked about um, why God sees family as important. That God did not create us because he was bored. He didn't create us, ladies and gentlemen, because he was lonely and he needed some people. No, 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 no. He had perfect unity with the Trinity in heaven. Perfect unity. And the reason why he created us, ladies and gentlemen, is so that he could express his love to someone else express that same love on us and guess what he created us in his own image so that we could choose the ability of choice we're not robots he created us with the choice either we can serve him or not or we can love him or not and guess what he created you despite even foreknowing that people would not love him back that's the type of God that we serve he does not do anything to try to control us It's up to us to make the decision on if we're going to serve him or not. Now, this week, ladies and gentlemen, I have a message for us entitled, Why is my family dysfunctional? Why is my family dysfunctional? (laughs) Why is my family dysfunctional? Let's figure that out. I don't really have a base scripture to launch it off of, but if I did, it would be Romans chapter 5, verse 12. And I'm going to tell you to hold there for just one second. Now, I want to first start off by saying this to all of us. No matter what family you are part of, no one's family is perfect. Nobody's family is perfect. No church family is perfect. No immediate family is perfect. No matter who, what family you look up to, say, we not perfect, y'all. We, we not perfect. We, we, we not perfect. You know what I'm saying? We, we are not perfect. I, I just want to say this, you know, this might be busting some people's bubbles, you know. But the truth of the matter is that everybody, say everybody, everybody family has some type of form or level of dysfunction. I think you can name a couple cousins off the top of your head right now. <laughs> I think you could name a few. It's like, you like, man, I, you know, this preacher already talked about stuff. I like that. No, no matter what, either they're immediate or extended, there, there is just, you know, no one's perfect. You got them, the special ones, I would say. <laughs> the special ones. 
So when we talk about dysfunctional, uh, dysfunctional family, we're, we're talking about not operating in its original design, all right? Not working properly for optimal results. So when we talk about what a dysfunctional family is, we're talking about a family that is not operating according to its original design. Let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen, that God did not gloss over the dysfunctional families in the scriptures. I, I just want you to know he didn't gloss over it. The first dysfunctional family that's listed in the scriptures is with Adam and Eve. And then when they and guess what? And that wasn't even their original. That was not God's intent for them to fall into uh, the temptation of sin. It wasn't his intent. God's intent for family, ladies and gentlemen, was to reveal his character, to reflect his nature. It, was the, it is the oldest institution in all of history, and it would be the foundation on which we learn about what love is. Because in order for us to love one another, it starts, if you can't love each other and you're supposed to be blood, how can you love anybody else? And how can we learn to love him? If we don't learn it from one another, family is the place, ladies and gentlemen, where we learn authority. It is, it's the foundational place. Now, if you're wondering why certain people that you see and are being raised up in this generation, why they can't honor and respect authority is because they've not learned it. It has not been modeled to them. You get what I'm saying? Certain things that we grew up on, certain things that we were raised up, it's not the same thing. And so, ladies and gentlemen, God did not gloss over it at all. He showed it to us for a reason. Adam and Eve, ladies and gentlemen, Adam started blaming his wife for the first time in Genesis chapter 3, verse 12. When God said, hey, what's going on? No, it's the woman you gave me. First argument right there recorded in scripture between husband and wife. Right there between Adam and like, listen, God, it's your fault. I wouldn't eat it of the tree if you didn't give me her. I wouldn't did it. So it's all her fault. No, 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 brother. You had a part to play in it as well. Let me go as far, ladies and gentlemen, to show you even more dysfunction in sibling rivalries that we see in Scripture. The first sibling rivalry known to us in history is between Cain and Abel. Yeah. Between Cain and Abel, ladies and gentlemen, and we see the first murder recorded. How Abel said, Am I not, I'm not my brother's keeper. No, excuse me. Cain killed Abel, I'm sorry. That Cain killed Abel. And Cain was like, I'm not my brother's keeper. So we see that there. And it goes even further. Joseph and his brothers. They set them up. They sold them into slavery. Another one that we see sibling rivalry all because Joseph had a dream that God gave him about one day how he would rule. Then let me go. It didn't stop there. It goes on. David and his brothers. David's brothers was jealous of David. They even thought that David going out to the battlefield, ladies and gentlemen, was him trying to mock them and say, what are you doing here? Ladies and gentlemen, it didn't stop there. But then we move from jealousy in between wives. Jealousy between wives, ladies and gentlemen. We see polygamy introduced. 
Jacob's two wives, Leah and Rachel. And to people thinking that they can't be with one woman, let me tell you something now. Being with, you think one is something, two of the same time. Like, come on. Are you hearing what I said? And both of them were jealous because one could get pregnant and the other one couldn't. One couldn't. And so you have the jealousy in between those. Oh, but it don't stop there. God, he, he, he didn't stop there. Wayward children. We come to find out how great Eli was as a prophet. Eli's sons were wicked. And it didn't stop there neither. Samuel's sons were wicked as well. Wayward children. We see it in the scriptures. Not only that, ladies and gentlemen, but marital difficulties with Hosea and Gomer. Gomer was a prostitute cheating on her husband, but he still had to find a way to love her. Despite of. Ladies and gentlemen, this is some real life stuff. From real life people see sometimes people think the Bible is this historic book or mythological characters or something like that made up. No, these are real people with real issues that walk this life in time. This is not no made up book. This ain't something that somebody created and came up with all these characters. No, these are real people with real life issues just like you and I. Are you hearing me? Ladies and gentlemen, families, dysfunctional. And I don't even let me get started on Abraham. Abraham, he took his wife advice of his, of, his, of his wife, Sarah. They didn't think they could have kids. And then, ma'am, they slept. He said, oh, I'll give you. She was like, I'll give you my, my slave. And guess what? She started taunting Sarah, and Sarah had a problem with it. And so Abraham had to go to her like, hey, you can't be around here. We see baby mama stuff right there in scripture. Y'all think I'm playing? It's right there. Baby mama drama right there. See, y'all don't think the Bible real. You don't think it could apply to you. But right there we see, now, ladies and gentlemen, what is the common thread? With all of this, what is the common denominator of all of this? It's sin. Ever since the fall of man, God's original design, people have been rebelling against God's design. Because of the flesh that has been now introduced because of the fall of one man. Romans 5 verse 12. Watch this. It says, therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world and death through sin and thus death spread to all men because all sinned. Sin was introduced to us and and we were born into sin because of the fall of Adam. Because of the fall of Adam. Sent into the world because of Adam. And sin, ladies and gentlemen, is a perversion against God's design. Are you hearing what I'm saying? 
So what I'm trying to tell you is the root of the dysfunction that all of us face in our families or in life in general is because of one thing, the three letter word, sin. I know people don't like talking about it, but it's the truth. The truth of the matter is, is that God's intent for human, for, for mankind was so that we would reflect his image here on the earth. That the earth, ladies and gentlemen, would be a mirror of heaven here in the earth. And that's what it was before sin entered in. Let, let me tell you something. We would, let me tell you something. We wouldn't feel tired because of work if it, if it wasn't for Adam, if, if Adam did not sin. We will work and actually enjoy it. We wouldn't feel the pain. But guess what? That's what God told Adam. He said, you're going to feel it. You're going to toil over the ground. Because of him. Ladies, you wouldn't have that special time in the mouth. Why? Because God made it so because of Adam and Eve falling in the garden. It wouldn't be a thing. He said, you're going to feel it. You wouldn't feel nothing if you had, if they weren't feeling nothing. They were in complete peace in the garden and in sync with God. You hear what I'm saying? Ladies and gentlemen, because of one man's sin, now we, we are experiencing its effects. We are experiencing its effects. Let me show you Ephesians 5, 23, verse 24, as it backs my point of what God intended for us. It says, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind and that you put on the new man, which was created according to God in what? Righteousness and holiness to be set apart. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's what he says here. Now. Let's talk about what are some of these byproducts of sin. These are all byproducts. Galatians chapter 5, verse 19. Galatians chapter 5, verse 19. It says, now the works of the flesh are evident. Say they are evident. Which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, hello, dissensions, hearsays. Does it stop there? No. He keeps on going. Envy, murder, drunkenness, rivalries, or and that and, and and the like of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. All of that Paul listed to the Galatian church are all byproducts of what? Sin. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So when we see rivalry among our family, that's a byproduct of the flesh. When we see envy in our family, it's the byproduct of the flesh. When we see jealousy and when we see all of these things, when we see people stepping out of their marriage, all of this stuff are byproducts of the flesh because the flesh wants its own gratification. You can't spell sin without I because it's, it's more of about you. It's all you. Me, 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 I, I, I. And that's what the flesh cares about. And the flesh is in constant contention with the spirit. Are you hearing me? It's in constant contention. And so when we have this dysfunction, ladies and gentlemen, when we have all of these things that are going on in our families, because there's different types of dysfunctional. There's different types that people have experienced in their lives, ladies and gentlemen. There's some different types here. Can I give you just a few? 
Let me give you a few. One, one of them is substance abuse in family. Some people know that different substances have broken families, have messed up families because of substance abuse. Another type of uh, a dysfunction is the conflict-driven family. They always arguing. Always trying to find nitpicking all of this stuff like that. Want to fight each other on every little thing. They have that conflict family. Number three, we have that violent family. You can be very abusive, not just in physical, domestic stuff, but also verbally. Where people have experienced verbal abuse in their family. Number four, we have that authoritarian family. That are, I mean, strict to the, I mean, very strict. And, and sometimes what happens is that, ladies and gentlemen, is that when people finally can experience freedom, they go on the whole nother left. Yeah. Are you get what I'm saying? They get one ounce of freedom and it's like, party over here, don't know what to do with myself. The fifth one, ladies and gentlemen, that some people have experienced is emotional detached family. Where you have, you may have parents present but they're not emotionally there for you. Most of the times, ladies and gentlemen, that causes very low self-esteem within the child. Some people have experienced that. These are just to name a few. Especially with emotional detached family that people learn how to bottle things up. Because nobody was talking to them, they don't know how to express their feelings. So when you try to express it, and that's why you have to learn about when you're, when you're, when you're dating or when you're getting married, you have to learn how, what type of background you come from. Because the, whatever the background was will determine how we're going to go about conflict resolution. Yeah. Are you get what I'm saying? You have to understand this. Why is our families dysfunctional is because sin, ladies and gentlemen, and, and the enemy is attacking families very hard. Attacking the definition of family. People don't feel as though that, 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 that they don't feel what the traditional sense or they call these views traditional or whatever like that. No, these views are battle tested. God's original design is battle tested. It's we who are flawed that messes it up. That's why we need the grace of God. Say, I need the grace of God. So here we go. How is it then, ladies and gentlemen? Well, Pastor Brandon, tell me this. How is it then that I can, how do we overcome the dysfunction within our family? So what I mean by that is how do I overcome the dysfunction? How can our family get to a place of overcoming this dysfunction between brothers and sisters, mother and father, all of this? How can we overcome this? Number one, ladies and gentlemen, we need to submit to the Lord. This is very important. Because guess what? You have to be crucified to your flesh in order for you guys to think that you're going to move on. See, a lot of times, ladies and gentlemen, that is, is that when we're dealing with our family, some people are not truly born again. And so that's even harder to try to mend certain things because you're trying to come from a place of grace and that other person's still in self. You get what I'm saying? And so if we don't submit ourselves to the Lord and say, hey, I'm bringing my family to the Lord. Stop trying. You and I, you, you and I have been trying out our own strength. No, 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 no. Let's go to the Lord. Let's bring our, present our family to the Lord. Let me show you something. Galatians. 
Galatians chapter 5, verse 24, it says this, And those who are Christ have been crucified with, crucif- have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. So again, we've got, in order for you to do that, that when Jesus says to take up your cross, you have to die to yourself. That means is that you got to come out your feelings. Everybody, you know you have that level of offense. I don't know about you, but I know about me. There's some time that people like, nah, I ain't trying to crucify that. You feel what I'm saying? Like, I got a problem with them. Don't you call me. Uh, don't, you, don't, don't you even text. Don't you ask me for anything. You know what you did. I, come on, I know I ain't the only one. There's some people that I, on the, if you got an iPhone, that red button right there that says decline. I get anointed. See, this right thumb right here is anointed. I tell you, I can scroll. I can click on the side, <laughs> straight to voicemail. It's anointed. <laughs> the block button works. It never goes <laughs> But you know, that's not good. <laughs> it's not good. We got to cut their side of these at some point. Come into a level of reconciliation if it's possible. Because you need two parties for reconciliation to happen. You need two willing parties. You have to, and if, no, if, both, if we're not willing to submit ourselves to the Lord to let him deal with us, then we'll, this will never be healed. In our marriages, the reason why we have to understand we have to submit ourselves to the Lord. Because if we don't submit this to them, then guess what? We're not going to ever be able to work this out in our strength. The reason why divorce happens in our families a lot of times is because people stop working. Someone in the someone in the family stopped working. And then, too, I'll say this, if we made the right decision the first time and listened to the voice of the Lord, we probably wouldn't put ourselves in that position. It's another way to think about it. But then there are moments where people change up on you, where people just stop. But that's the first thing. We got to submit ourselves to the Lord. Say, I hear you. The second thing, ladies and gentlemen, that I want to show you, how do we overcome this? This horizontal relationship is that we need to uh, uh, we need to humble ourselves. See, the truth of the matter is, is that we really need to get humbled. Because guess what? You haven't always done right by people yourself. So the same grace that you would want for yourself, you better be able to give that to somebody else. Are you getting what I'm saying? Sometimes we hold on to offense too long. Too long. Hear me. Here's what Philippians, Paul said in Philippians in the New Living Translation. It says, don't be selfish. Don't be selfish. This is what Paul says. Don't try to impress others. It says what? Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. The truth of the matter is, is that if you are really going to, you don't know what the person was going through in your family when y'all had this big old conflict. You know what I see a lot of times is when death happens. People, real feelings come out then. Because people don't know how to process grief. 
There are some people who don't know how to process grief. And when grief is hitting you, certain things that you've been bottling up and waiting to say, I just want them to say something stupid. Oh, I got this in my back pocket. I'm about to throw it out right now. Especially in the African-American community, man. I'm telling you, we be waiting. You weren't there taking care of grandma. You weren't there taking care of granddad. We was here this whole time. Where were you? Y'all know I'm telling the truth. You be wanting to tell them everything under the sun and tell them where to go. <laughs> I'm just saying the truth is the truth. Y'all know it. we all have these emote, these feelings. And guess what? Your feelings is a part of your humanity. But also, if you're not careful, you will find yourself going into a place and tempting yourself to sin. Yeah. Allowing the sun to go down on your wrath. You didn't take out the trash. Oh, you've been, see, you've been letting certain things pile up. Then all of a sudden he do or she do one thing and you didn't go on. Humble yourself. <laughs> Humble yourself. I was, uh, I'm a tell on her. Right. So my wife, like, <laughs> I came in the house one day. Like, I was supposed to been take out the trash. Right. But, you know. I was supposed to bid take it out, and she asked me to do something. Now, see, that's what, see, you don't do what you're supposed to do when I say to do it. <laughs> that's something like that. I was like, woo, tell me your real feelings. <laughs> tell me how you really feel. Okay, I'll take out the trash. You know what I'm saying? I don't need all that. Goodness. Let me know. Someone's like, you got to humble yourself. But guess what? I could have came back, but I'm like, no, nah, she right. I'm going to humble myself. I'm going to do what she say. I'm going to take out this trash. Brothers, you know, if you want something later, you better just, <laughs> I'm just going, just come on now. I'm just, just married couples only. Come on. <laughs> Here we go. Got to humble ourselves. We got to submit ourselves. It's not saying that we need to have low self-esteem or anything like that or saying that we need to be walked over. It's not saying any of that. It's saying like, hey, come to a place of humility. Sometimes it doesn't always take this back-to-back, -back, back and forth confrontation. We don't need that. Humble yourself. She right. You are supposed to do that. Do what you need to do. Humble yourself. Now, I'm not telling you that sometimes people need to hear a certain thing. But let's make sure that you do it out of a place of humility. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Now, the other thing, how, the third thing here, and we're moving. We need to submit to one another. See, this is the real thing. Here it is, Ephesians 5.21. And further, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Me submitting to you. If we were family, it's not out of a place. It's, it's a sign of respect. But again, it's reverence for Christ. Yeah. It's reverence. This is the same passage that says husbands submit to your wives and wives submit to your husbands. Why? Because when I submit to her, I'm doing this in reverence for Christ. See, the, the, a lot of times we can't submit to one another because we don't have any respect. We don't have enough reverence. 
You get what I'm saying? There are certain people I may not like, but I'm going to still show you respect because it's not really about you. It's about my God. You feel what I'm saying? It's about showing honor. You don't have to get along with somebody to show honor. Even though your mother and you may have had a bad relationship and she may not have probably been the best, I'm still going to honor you because of the role that you have. Though my father, though you may have a father, you may have not seen eye to eye and different things like that. And it's not, and you probably, your father may have walked away and none of that stuff, but I will still respect him as such. Even though I think a certain way of him, I'm still going to show honor. And that's a hard place to do, but it's a sign of growth. It's a sign of maturity because it's not about them. It's about me and him. See, if we're always thinking it's always about the other person, then we won't never get to a place of respecting them. Never. I'm telling you, you won't. But because of my relationship with God, and this is what he's saying through his word, you know what? I'm going to honor you. Don't care for you. I'm going to honor you. I'm going to respect the position that you're in and respect you as such. So I'm not going to talk a certain way to certain way to you but we don't have to be buddies and buddies like you and I were always cool but in order for us to move to a place of healing I'm willing to honor you you get what I'm saying not for you but for my because I'm showing reverence to who Christ are you hearing what I'm saying that's the real deal about it, ladies and gentlemen. I'm telling you now, again, you and your, if you are going to ever get to a place of conflict resolve, you got to understand we, there has to be a level of respect. Yeah. Because if you're not going to respect each other, then you're going to talk any type of way. You're going to go ham. You're going to go and you know, all of this stuff like that. And where does that go? The dysfunction is going to keep on going. It's never going to be a resolve there. Are you hearing me? Yeah. So we have to learn and we have to move from that place. Now, as I conclude and bring this all home. Now, I talked about how do we deal with dysfunction among our, uh, within our family. But there's somebody who I felt would ask to ask the question, well, Brandon, how do I personally get over the dysfunction and the trauma of things that happened to me in my childhood? How do I deal with that? Let me tell you something. You got to get to a place of forgiveness. Not so much for the other person as it is for you. You cannot allow that person. Some people are still dealing with, have unforgiveness with people who are in the grave. Still controlling their thoughts and minds and how they do certain things. Because they haven't dealt with it. If you don't deal with it. With forgiveness and letting it go and bringing it to God, that is going to continue to fester in your life. And it's going to show up. You can't keep bottling that forever. You'll never be dealing with this. Your heart won't be fully right. Let me give you an example. This may not be a mother and father situation, but this is a brother situation that happened in scripture with Joseph's brothers. Joseph, his brothers set him up, all of this stuff that happened to him. He was thrown into slavery. He was put in a prison. You know, he was set up, put in a prison. 
And then he finally gets, he finally is, is in a place and he was in a position where as though he told a dream to Pharaoh and Pharaoh put him in a high place, right? There was a famine that hit, the, hit, hit, uh, hit Egypt. Long story short, Jake, uh, um, Joseph's father told him, hey, go down to Egypt. We need grain or we're going to die. Joseph knew who his brothers were. They didn't recognize him, but he knew what they were. And Joseph almost started doing to them what they did to him. But one day, while he invited him to the table, Joseph couldn't keep up that facade. He couldn't keep it up no longer. And he finally got to a place say, I'm not going to do to you what you did to me. I understand that you meant it for my good. My, my, you meant it for my downfall. But God meant it for my good. Because if he wasn't in that position, if out of their jealousy and envy, he would have never been in a position to save them. So what do I say to you today? If you're going to experience the healing that you're looking for, you got to release them. And guess what? Not only that, but you, what you got to do is make sure that that this type of dysfunctional relationship, it stops with you. And I'm not putting this on my children. I'm not putting this in any of my relationships. It stops with me. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going, we're not going to have the same father-son relationship. We ain't going to have the same mother and daughter relationship. We're not going to have the same brother. No, 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 no. It stops right here. You can't keep going in the same dysfunction because what you'll do is pass down the same hurt to your kids that didn't deserve that. They don't deserve that. So what are you going to do? You have to make a decision. Say, hey, this curse right here stops. This ain't continuing in my bloodline. This ain't continue. This ain't going another generation. Another generation of my family is not going to go through this trauma. It stops right here. Why is my family dysfunctional? Because sin is evil. And it wants to destroy and break up homes. But we thank God because Jesus came and through his grace, we don't have to be in bondage or enslaved to that any longer because who the son sets free is truly free indeed. Come on, clap your hands, everybody stand to your feet. I'm finished. Hallelujah. If you're watching this and you're, and if you're here, if you're not saved, I offer you Jesus tonight. I give you my savior. Let me tell you something. You don't have to live in dysfunction no more. Jesus came to break it. He came to break it. He came to break it. It, has, it is as simple as this. Believing in your heart and professing with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. And you are saved today. Thanks for listening to the Get Transformed podcast. We hope that you subscribe so that you can continue to be empowered by the latest podcast. For more information on Transformation Christian Fellowship, visit our website at transformationchristianfellowship.org or download our free mobile app on the App Store or Google Play Store. If you would like to support this ministry, simply text TCF1 to 77977. We thank you for your generosity and for listening to the Get Transformed podcast. And remember, transformation starts here.